Well, thank you, music team, for leading us this morning. Thank you, Wanda, for sharing with us. Uh, if you have kids this morning who are ages three to kindergarten, they are dismissed for shine, kids. And you can take them uh, down to the lower level. Uh, it's all the way down to the stairs there, or way over here. And, but if you have kids aged grades one to five, they are dismissed to kids' church if they want to go. And that is in the youth room, which if, you're not, if you haven't been here before, it is kind of that way. I always say, follow the people that know where they're going. <clears throat> it's actually pretty good advice in life, too, I guess. All right, but let me, uh, this morning we're going to start a new sermon series, and we're going to tackle some various topics over the next few weeks. And in a few weeks' time, I'm gonna, we're going to explore the whole topic of being made in the image of God, and how you've been made with great worth and dignity, and how that affects our lives in our practice and our belief. Uh, next week, Pastor Garth is going to talk about, uh, he's going to finish the J- Gospel of John, John 21, and we're going to see some of uh, Jesus restore Peter and forgiveness. This morning, we're going to tackle uh, forgiveness from a slightly different angle. We're going to talk about how, we're going to talk about being offended, uh, offense. It's kind of the other part of forgiveness. And so over the years, uh, one of the topics that I've preached about most frequently is this topic of forgiveness. And here's why. Because in order to live well in this world, the only way to do this is to live in relationships with one another. And living in relationships, it's not easy. As human beings, we live in a fallen world. And we have this tendency to hurt and offend one another and be hurt and offended by others. And therefore, our need to forgive one another is always, it's always relevant And I don't think it's ever easy. The reason I often go back to this topic is because a failure to forgive will grow in us this root of bitterness in our lives. And bitterness, bitterness is very ugly. See, bitterness has this way of like like creeping into all the areas of our lives. And bitterness will make a person very irritable, and cause a person to feel and express anger more frequently and more intensely. Bitterness can rob a person of sleep and of joy. Bitterness can cause a person to become increasingly selfish and more easily offended because everything becomes a big deal. And one of the reasons why I like to go back to this topic, if I'm just being honest and personal, is because I've witnessed... I've experienced the power of forgiveness in my own life, and I've witnessed the miracle of it in others. And so, like I said, we need to forgive because as we live in this world, uh, we are often hurt and offended by other people. And likewise, we do the same to others. And so sometimes, sometimes these, these hurts and these offenses are very big. Sometimes they're very serious. This could be betrayal, abuse, or a pattern of cruel behavior. It could be deep personal insults, all sorts of things. And so often, well, I should say, but so often the hurts and the offenses that we experience, so often they're kind of minor, relatively speaking. Perhaps 
Okay, what are some examples of minor offenses? So think of, uh, you know, let's say you got cut off by someone who's driving on the road in front of you. Eh, that's relatively minor. It wasn't personal, but it happened to you. Or perhaps it's someone who maybe ignored or interrupted you. It can bother us. Maybe it's, maybe it's constant fault-finding by, by a boss or a parent or a spouse. Maybe it's someone who passionately and maybe ignorantly expresses some political view that is different than yours. We all heard plenty of those the past few years. Maybe you were offended or annoyed by someone who shushed you. Uh, maybe we were offended by someone who was talking about you behind your back. Maybe you were offended by someone who was scheduled to hang out with you, but then, you know, the last minute came around and they declined. They said, no, something else came up. Maybe someone told you about some way that they were insulted by someone else, and now you feel offended and angry at that person on their behalf. There's all kinds of examples. The, the, the examples are nearly endless. And so what I am... What Satan wants to do is he wants to tease us with these things. He wants, he wants to keep bringing them to your minds. He wants us to make a big deal out of them because then it can cause this wedge between us and other people. Now sometimes that stuff that offends us Sometimes they're even less significant. Sometimes it's simple annoyances that get out of control. Right? You feel disrespected because you know, someone didn't clean up after themselves. Maybe you feel annoyed because just by listening to people complain. Maybe you hear some subtle, passive-aggressive comment that someone makes and you assume, yeah, they're probably talking about me. And the danger comes when we, take, when we make a big deal out of minor things and allow these, these smaller things to compound. Because then suddenly everything becomes a big issue. And therefore, the big question that I want to explore this morning is this. How can I become less easily offended? This is a problem in this world. How can I become less easily offended? Or to use the language that we find in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, one of the core passages we'll look at this morning, how can we learn to bear with one another? So this morning there are two key passages I want to explore. The first is a proverb, and you will also find this uh, on part, as part of the church sign this week. Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Overlooking an offense. Right, being willing to look past something that has offended us is our glory. It is to our benefit. Hmm. But how exactly do we do this? Right, I didn't believe the next verses in Colossians uh, will help us. So if you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, I'll also have it on the screen. This is from the NIV. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. You know, this passage, it, it lists all kinds of, of beautiful characteristics. These are characteristics of Jesus. And they all kind of, they work most effectively when they are together in a package, as we will see soon. But I want to direct your eyes specifically to verse 13. It says, bear with each other. Now, the word is forbearance. It's a word we don't use very often. But forbearance is deeply linked to the words gentleness and patience and forgiveness. Because it means to be patient with, to put up with, right? to hold back. It means to control ourselves when provoked. Or to be willing to put up with the many things that bug us or annoy us. To overlook. Now all of these verses, they offer some some valuable wisdom and insight on in how we can be less easily offended in our lives. But before we get to the solution of how we can become less easily offended, it's important to recognize why we are often easily offended. Now keep in mind, I am not suggesting this morning that we should overlook and bear with every offense. You see, it is not healthy to be a doormat for people who walk over you all the time. Sometimes, sometimes we need to directly address certain uh, behaviors and attitudes. Um, but this morning, the offenses that I'm speaking to specifically are, are mostly those, those less significant ones, the, 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 the ones that aren't as big of a deal, because these are the ones that we encounter like every day, multiple times a day. Now, in southern Manitoba, we... One thing we know well is mosquitoes. We haven't seen them much yet, but they're coming. They aren't very big, but they come in swarms. And these pesky little creatures, oh man, they can drive a person crazy. They can make a person say all kinds of inappropriate things that they wouldn't otherwise say. They can ruin a golf game, they can ruin a camping trip, they can ruin an evening outdoors. The things other people do to offend us can be kind of like that as well. And so, like we use against mosquitoes, we need some kind of repellent that prevents these offenses from sticking to us or stinging us. Okay, so, so why do people in our culture today seem to be easily offended? Well, there are a lot of reasons. Number one, our culture... Uh, seems to be increasingly polarizing and training us to look for offense. Have you noticed that? When you read the news later or if you browse social media, I'm sure you will find someone offended about something. Moving on, number two. Our culture has this tendency to link what I call ideology. These are the things that are values, our beliefs. Our culture seems to link ideology with our identity, with, with who we are, right? And this isn't always bad. So, for example, as followers of Jesus, our belief in Jesus should be deeply linked to our identity. However, linking ideology and identity can be a bit of an issue, uh, when, especially when it's some of those less significant 
values or beliefs when we link those to who we are. For example, this was a big deal when we journeyed through the pandemic over the last number of years. There were a lot of polarizing and passionate views being expressed. And as you know, people held on to some of these views very deeply and personally. And to criticize the view meant to criticize them as a person. And as we witnessed, this makes differences and disagreements and debate very difficult. And as a result, many people were deeply offended. Many still are. A third reason. A third reason why people in our culture seem to be easily offended is because many people struggle with a lack of empathy. Now, empathy is this ability to understand another person's feelings or experiences without judgment. In other words, it's, it's putting yourself in their shoes. For example, let's say you are working with someone who is always complaining or criticizing certain people. This is not good, and it should be addressed eventually. However, a person who is able to empathize, they may be able to see past those words and seek, see, see the hurt and the baggage that is being carried from their home to the workplace. And when we can empathize and understand better what people are going through, we are then more equipped to bear with them. So why do people struggle with empathy? Well, because sometimes all we can see is the offensive behavior. And there can be this stubbornness in stepping out of our own shoes because we like it right here. I'll give you one more reason. This is not an exhaustive list. Many people struggle with pride and insecurity. If you feel insecure, you will feel, you'll feel left out when you hear about something that your friend is doing without you. Why didn't they invite me? Insecurity will also cause you to assume that people are talking about you or hinting about you when, when really you're not. You just assume that they are. Insecure people will often feel like people are looking at them and judging them, and so they can become easily offended because they are assuming the worst. And so, those are lies. Those are lies from the enemy that he's just continually feeding us. And so in summary, why are people today so easily offended? And I would say primarily because the God of self looms large. The God of self looms large. So often, it's about me. So rather than think about others, we tend to think about ourselves. So if someone makes a questionable comment, uh, do you assume the best and think, well, I wonder what's going on in their life that makes him or her think that? Or do you think the worst and think, well, how could they say something so, so ignorant and insulting? Hmm. And so... Offense, being offended, will rob us of joy. And it will feed this insecurity and fear. And it will entrench us in some of our stubbornness. And it creates these invisible, ugly barriers uh, between us and other people. And when we look at them, all we see is that thing they said or a thing they did to offend us. And it doesn't take long before that root of bitterness finds its way of just creeping into all the areas of our lives. And all this, it leads us to our big question. 
How can I become less easily offended in life? Is there, a, is there a way to do this? How does this work? So Colossians 3 verse 13 says, how can we learn to bear with each other? Now if you were to search the internet, <clears throat> and I did, you will find all kinds of advice. Uh, and some of it I found was quite helpful. But I found much of it was, was kind of surface level. And as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to proclaim to you today that the good news of Jesus reaches so much deeper than the surface. It reaches deep down into our souls and it meets us at the very core of our being. And so in these verses in Colossians, we find this beautiful list of characteristics. Compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forbearance and forgiveness and love. Now the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Colossae, he's, he's instructing them to clothe themselves with these characteristics, to intentionally put these on. They don't happen by accident. Now this is good advice. This will be huge in how they live in their relationships with each other if they can put these characteristics on. But if that's all he said, it would just be a bunch of good works, which we honestly often feel very powerless to actually achieve. And so listen here to how this section opens. Listen to how Paul frames this. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, this right here, this is what separates the good news of Jesus with the advice of the world. You, church, are God's chosen people. In Christ you are holy, Scripture tells us, which means you've been set apart. Set apart from this world, set apart as children of God, set apart to be His representatives in this world. And dearly loved. Dearly loved. Right, please catch this word. This was not just filler. This is the foundation that makes living out these characteristics possible. Right, knowing who we are as God's chosen people and knowing that we are dearly loved, this is what gives us the ability, right, this is what, what fills us to live out these characteristics. Now, how can we become less easily offended? See, love... Love is the foundation. The love of God and then our love of other people is what makes this possible. And so it starts by believing, right? Believing and receiving the love of God. It allows us and it gives us that love that we need. It fills our cup that we may extend it to others. Right? It allows us to fill our cup with the love of God. But it also, you know, one of the ways that we experience the love of God is through our church family through other people in our lives that love us as well. Right, this is how it is most tangibly expressed. We need to be filled with the love in order for it to then be overflowed into others in our lives. And so as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, as a follower of Jesus, this is your identity. You are secure in Christ. You, you belong. You are a child of God. You belong to his family. This is the truth and the confidence that Jesus walked in. So there were lots of people that Jesus ministered to on his time on earth here that would praise him. 
They praise him, they spoke very highly of him. Some even confessed him as Savior and Lord, and rightly so. But there were also others who, well, specifically the religious leaders, but others who spewed hatred toward Jesus and about Jesus. And Jesus, he was accused of all sorts. He was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard and being too soft on sin and being accused of being demon-possessed. He was accused of so much, he was hated so much by some of these people that they conspired to kill him. Yet Jesus, he did not seem to be easily offended by them, interestingly enough. He would have grieved it, but it doesn't seem like he was personally offended by, by it. So why is that? Because he found his identity, his belonging, his love in his relationship with his heavenly father. So two times the, the gospel writers, they give us this glimpse into, into this. Once at his baptism and again at his transfiguration. And the heavenly father says to Jesus, his son, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And so the basis for being able to bear with each other and to resist being easily offended is our vertical relationship with God. Recognize that you are a child of God. That you have, you have great worth and dignity. And others may say things or do things to us that may be hurtful. And maybe it's said out of anger. Maybe out of ignorance. Or maybe it's simply them projecting onto you what they feel. And maybe... Maybe there's some truth to it sometimes in certain ways that we just need to humbly accept sometimes. But we don't need to let that define us. And we can even be able to overlook some of it because God invites us to define ourselves by what he says about us and what he has done for us. And so we just celebrated Easter. Right? The death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who died for you and for me. And Jesus died to save you and to free you and to make a way for us to be forgiven and live in relationship with, with God. Right, this is the ultimate demonstration of love. You are loved. Now recognize, we need to recognize how much we have been forgiven. And when you know how deeply you have been forgiven and accepted, you don't need to live in fear and insecurity. So we need to invite the love of God to fill our cup that we may let some of that stuff that might otherwise offend us just kind of roll off our backs. To know, like, to really know that you are loved and accepted by God and, and there are people in your life that deeply love you as well. To know this. I mean, this is what gives us that thick skin it allows that stuff that might otherwise easily offend us slide off our backs. Love is the repellent of holding on to offense. So loving God and receiving the love of God is that foundation of our ability to bear with, bear with each other and to uh, be able to overlook offense in our lives. And with that love and acceptance by God, we can then love others. That's how it works. We receive, and then we can give. And it's as we love others, this is where it gets really 
especially practical. See, Paul, he lists eight characteristics in this passage. And they all work, like I said before, most effectively is as a package, together. Like a good outfit, they go together. Now, in verse 14, we read that love is the virtue that binds them all together in perfect unity. It's that, I'm not much of a fashion guy, but it's that piece that kind of un- brings the whole outfit together. Anyone have one of those? I'm not even going to go there. When we feel offended by people, we can be tempted to assume we can, we can be tempted to assume the worst about them. And we sometimes uh, assume that they ignored us or hurt us on purpose. And in some cases, in some cases, maybe they did. But when you allow your insecurities and hurt to push you to those conclusions, we become easily offended. But love has a way of of flipping the script. See, love assumes the best about people. And when we assume the best about them, we can then learn to assume that something they did or said, it may not have been directed to us intentionally or purposefully. Or if it was, love can help us to empathize and consider that maybe it simply came from, from a place of their own struggle or the problems that they are going through. And therefore, we don't need to take it so personally. We can let love repel it. But rather than offering us a repellent spray, Paul offers us a repellent outfit, so to speak. See, when it comes to the things that we put on, I'm sure sure many of you spend quite a bit of time uh, planning and thinking about the physical clothes that you wear each morning. Some of you probably don't. I'm not here to judge. But we desire to look good because this is what other people see. Right? And I wonder how many of us spend that much time thinking about our spiritual clothes, right? the characteristics that we intentionally put on each morning. And so a while back, I did this, this Bible study for, uh, on this passage in youth. And at the end, I handed out these little cards, like the one that you'll see on the screen. And I invited them to put it in their room somewhere, somewhere where they will see it. And I encouraged their youth each morning as they would get dressed or get ready for the morning that they would be intentional about putting on these characteristics as well, right? These these spiritual clothes, if you will. In other words, ask the Lord for these characteristics to be present in your life. These are the characteristics of Jesus. And it is our desire to look more like him. And I remember one of our youth leaders had mentioned that she put this note on her bathroom mirror as a visual reminder as she got ready in the morning. And I thought that was just a really insightful place to put it. We are a forgetful people. And we need to remind ourselves often. We need the Holy Spirit to grow in us these characteristics of Jesus. And to help remind us I thought I would print out some of these little cards or bookmarks for you to take home if you wish. So I put a whole bunch on the tables in the atrium on your way out. You are welcome to pick one up if you like. But I invite you to put it, if you take one, I invite you to put one in a place where you will see it. And as you physically get ready in the morning or when you get ready to go out in the evening, as you spend time with people, I invite you to prayerfully invite the Spirit to clothe you with these spiritual characteristics. 
Allow the Holy Spirit to remind you who you are, whose you are, and allow that to shape the way that you live with and even endure with one another. Right? That's a big part of our lives. Sometimes we need to endure with others. Things happen. Right? We get hurt and offended by others in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, even by those in the church. That's just part of living in this fallen world with other people. And my hope and my prayer is that we can be the kind of people who will be quick to apologize, that we will be quick to forgive, because if, if we seek to repay offense for offense, we will have our reward. But the hurt and the pain then, it just gets perpetuated. And sometimes, sometimes we will need to address certain issues, especially the big ones. Right? Sometimes we will have to wrestle in prayer as we seek to forgive them because sometimes the hurt is deep. I want to acknowledge that. But I want you to know you are deeply loved by God. In Christ, you have been forgiven so much. You have been welcomed into his family, and he calls us to extend that, right? to walk in a spirit of forgiveness, of grace, of mercy, and love. And we have this privilege of being able to overlook some of the offenses in our lives because we know that God, God sees every offense, whether it came intentionally or not. And therefore, my hope, he, he, we can also trust God that he will judge those offenses. We don't have to take care of all of them ourselves. And therefore, my hope and my prayer is that, that we will be led by love, by the love of God that is swelling up inside of us and overflowing to others in our lives. And may that love be the repellent of offense, that repellent that allows us to be willing and able to bear with one another, to overlook some of the offenses, and to assume the best about them. And rather than allow that bitterness to creep in and infect our lives, we can invite, as verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let's pray together. Our Lord and Savior, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the grace that you extend to us every day. And Lord, you call us to forgive each other. You call us to bear with each other. And Lord, these are, these are not easy things. And there are, Lord, there are people here today who, who struggle to do this. There are some who have been hurt in a very deep and personal way. And so, Lord, I ask you, I ask, Lord, that you, would, that you would shower your love on these people, on all of us. Lead your church to love them well also. Lord, we ask that you would bring healing and grant us that ability to overlook some of these offenses in our lives. Help us to love people and to assume the best about them. For your glory we ask these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are able, please stand with us as we sing.